Good morning, Ray. Good morning, John. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. How are you? I'm fantastic, buddy. Welcome to the uh, studio once again for an episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. Thank you very much. I'm excited to be here. Me too, man. It's a beautiful, gorgeous fall oh, day. Yeah. Do you any idea what the temperature is? Can you it's, read it? It's like 63, I believe. Oh, it's perfect. Perfect. It did to be out fishing. You know, it's supposed to start raining on Wednesday and not stop until the weekend. Are you kidding? No. That'll be over Thanksgiving. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Have some wet turkey. Today is the 23rd. Thursday is Thanksgiving, as yeah. recognized throughout the United States. What day is it? This is Monday. 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 Okay. It's been a long weekend. It's been a long weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we didn't get together Friday. We didn't? No. Hey, we should address... Uh, your lovely wife here beside us. Yes, we brought her back for a part two of our Managing by the Numbers. Good Welcome. morning. Welcome, Kate. Thank you very much, John. How was your weekend? It was very uh, productive. Really? Yeah. That sounds horrendous. Yeah. <laughs> what I, uh, a terrible thing to say. <laughs> a productive weekend? Right. What'd you do? What'd you get into? Well, Saturday, I uh, picked up the leaf blower to just, you know, clean off the porch a little bit. And uh, it I, never stops there, though. Right. It never stops there. And I thought, well, it's supposed to start raining. I'd like to get some of this, you know, out of the way before it gets too wet, and then it's harder to do. Yep. And, you know, like four hours later, I stopped, and I'm like, you can't really even tell that I did that much. Right. Really? Yeah. yeah. And this uh, is yeah. this is the so, third round of leaf, of leaf blowing, blowing this yeah. leaf season. Now, was it a gas-powered? No. Oh, electric. Yeah. Oh. Pretty powerful, though. Yeah? Yeah. It's, it's pretty good. Still, you got to drag that cord around. That's kind of a pain. Yeah, but... It's not that difficult. No, no, it's not bad. No. I'll tell you what's fun, though, man. My dad has a uh, gas-powered and... A backpack. Yeah. Yeah. Man, he, I go over there sometimes. I'm like, hey, what are you doing? He said, I'm watching the football games. I said, well, can you mind if I blow leaves for a little while? <laughs> <laughs> that thing's fun. I don't know about it. Is the electric just as enjoyable? Yeah, there's something about those activities where when you finish, you can see your progress. progress. Right? Yeah, that's, that's why I, I like painting. Because oh, yeah? you paint a room and... Oh, I thought you, you meant like a portrait no, or a scene. No, I mean like painting walls and oh, stuff like that. Okay. I'm, I'm not that creative. You and Kate are both uh, artists. Yeah. But me, yeah. I, I just like to roll some on the wall. <laughs> but when you're done, yeah. you're like, wow. I did that. Yeah. It, it kind of makes a statement in and of yeah. itself, oh, right? Oh, gosh. Yeah. There's nothing to change the room like painting it. It's artwork, and it's and it's all. It's what I like to do. It's the way you get creative. Yep. You could roll this way. You could roll that way. <laughs> you got to edge. You could use the brush to edge. Man, I'm pretty good at settling that. out over there. I can I, see you getting excited. I'm pretty good at that. Uh, Cutting at doing in. that. Yeah. yeah. Razors edge. So what's up with the Chicago Bears toboggan no, you have on today? No. no toboggans on today. It's cool enough for one. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Went to REI over the weekend. Yeah. You get any uh, carabiners? No. No. No, no carabiners. carabiners. Hey, we bought a couple hats and a jacket. Yeah. A couple hats and a jacket. Yeah. A couple hats. Is that jacket. where you got the Chicago Bears toboggan? No, I no. don't own a Chicago Bears toboggan. Jeez. Well, you're always saying the Bears. The, am I? Yeah. Uh, when's the last time you heard like me say that? Like every time you call me, you're like, "Hey, Higgins, the Bears, right?" <laughs> Am I right? You know what I'm saying? The bears? 
No. And you won't shut up until I go, all right, the Bears. Right, yeah. And you're like, all right, I'm you not doing? a huge Bears fan. I mean, I, you know, they're, they're probably one of the teams that I pull for over others. Because you're a big Jim McMahon fan, is that right? No. The uh, Walter Payton. Perry. I'm a yeah. big Walter Payton fan. Yeah, yeah big Walter Payton. Yeah. Mike Singletary. Mike, yeah. Mike oh, man. And I've yeah. talked about um, Marshall, uh, Wilbur Marshall. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he Is played he? for the Bears. Remember we Didn't talked about him? Didn't you know him? him? Are you, yeah. Oh, you I ran did. into yeah, him? Yeah, he, yeah, that whole story about yeah. him coming back and playing at Florida in the elevator. Yeah, mm-hmm. we, we won't do it again, but Good yeah, stuff. so I, I, I like the Bears. I like the Dolphins. Well, Ray, I have some breaking news for what you. What do you got? Uh, I have uh, got recommended a TV show. Okay. And it's called Ted Lasso. And I sat down one afternoon. I thought, you know, I'd heard about it a week earlier. I thought, oh, yeah, I'll watch an episode, right? It's maybe 2 or 3, 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Well, so I don't know how long the episodes are. Maybe an hour, maybe 30 minutes or something. But there's one season, however many episodes. Well, that morning, late that night, at like 3 o'clock in the morning, there is one episode left. I'm like, eh, what the hell? I've come this far. I'll go ahead. So You got on that big watching like a, kick. Yeah, like a 12-hour Episode after episode, maybe stop to eat or whatever. Right. And uh, yeah, great show, man. Apparently, check it out. Yeah, that, those are uh, those are crazy times where you get wrapped up in something, and then you start thinking, "Can you you remember back when you used to have to watch one wait episode and wait a whole week? <laughs> oh my goodness! To I watch the next imagine. episode, kids today they'll never uh, know how good they've got it. Well, we watch um, the Mandalorian. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, I heard that girl got into trouble for politics. Oh. Some actress. Yeah, but we we watched the last season, and Disney's releasing one a week, right? Every Friday, they come out with a new episode. Okay. So actually having to wait the week if you want to watch them as they come out. That's back in the days when you'd go sit around the water cooler the next morning. Talk about that episode, Yeah. yeah. See the latest Friends last night? Oh, man. <laughs> Seinfeld? <laughs> yeah. Thought, what was it? Must see Thursday. Yeah. That's back in the 90s, bro. There were kids born in the 90s. I got a kid born in the 90s. Yeah? yeah. We have kids born in the 2000s. I have no idea what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> Can't use a phone properly. Right. Right? Do you have a phone that hangs on the wall in your house? No. Yeah. I have seven. Seven phones that hang on yeah, walls? Yeah. Are any of them actually connected to an outbound line? Yeah, no, I have seven different numbers. Well, I actually have 13 numbers. But uh, <laughs> That's unlucky. Well, it's, I run a lot of businesses, Ray. We can't get into it all right now. Right. <laughs> How many of them are legal? Oh, uh, 100, 110%, right? Okay. Sure. <laughs> so we have a uh, topic du jour, part du. Right. Yeah. Is that or, correct? As we say in the United States, uh, topic of the day, part two. <laughs> oh, that's the we started talking about my phone lines. Right. And I also, yeah, you switch into other, yeah. other languages. Hong Chong Chang. Sorry. Is that for our Korean listeners? Yeah, well, Vietnamese. Right, yeah. Vietnamese. We do have listeners in Ho Chi Minh City. I know. We saw that. Mm. All right, so uh, moving on. That, that, was, that was I would just like to say that was the most lovely current events segment I believe we've ever had. Okay, so top, you top five. <laughs> if you want to go there, <clears throat> right. 
All right, so, I'll accept that. So moving on. Yeah, you know, after we did the last one, uh, managing by numbers, I, I told Ray that there are other things that I wanted to say, probably because I'm a woman, and there's always something more to be said. <laughs> I think everyone does that. <laughs> yeah. And she would not commit to the fact, but she didn't deny that, well, you didn't get to those things because John kept interrupting you, right? And she... <laughs> I couldn't get her to admit it. What are you trying it. to say? <laughs> you know, I'm being very clear on what I'm trying to say. <laughs> okay. Well, I will be silent for the no, remainder of the episode. No, 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 no. no. Nobody wants that, John. Nobody wants that. But so he told me, you know. I said, yeah. Think about what you thought you missed and make a list, which is what I do. I make lists and... So you're, I'm ready to go. Yes, you're very organized. Well, let's kick it off. Where, can we recap? Do we have any kind of recap of what we talked about last time? Basically, we talked about the KPIs, the importance of you know getting an idea as to where you really are, not just what it feels like, yeah. um, and basing your, your training, coaching, uh, decision making on the reality, the actual data. Right. Kate, you yeah. had a uh, saying I liked about data. Yeah, don't get mad, get data. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. So yeah, that's that was a general idea of what we talked about. Right. Yeah, the data, using right. the data to better manage your your results. Yeah. yeah. All right. Go. So, well, one of the things that I that I wanted to mention last time and I I failed to do it. I'll just start with it this time is. You know, a number by itself is meaningless. Like I could say, your marketing expense is ten thousand dollars. Well, what does that mean? If you only have a hundred thousand dollars in revenue, then ten thousand is really probably too much. But if you have ten million in revenue, then ten thousand is not enough. So a single number by itself isn't going to give you enough information to be meaningful. It's when you add a second number or a group of numbers that that first number becomes meaningful. And so I, I think we should start with that. To really make numbers meaningful, you have to put it into some kind of perspective. And Context, that's when we, yeah. yeah. That's when we talk about um, comparing one person to the next, you know, one salesperson to the next salesperson, or one market to the next market, you know, one branch to the next, uh, you know, peer to peer. Those comparisons are what create the meaning for us in the numbers. Yeah. So, and one of the things I know we've talked about before is it's not just, you know, how are we doing month over month, right? It's year over year. How do we do May of last year compared to May of this year and even bring in the, the two years ago? Or um, I know one of the benefits we had at a dealership that I was working with was it was part of a dealer group and there were other brands within that same market, I mean, right down to the city, that were part of that dealer group. So you had the comparison to other brand, similar or same brand dealerships within your region, right. but then you also had the ability to compare your numbers to the Ford dealer, right? This was a GM dealer. So. I was going to say, and we can kind of group them. I mean, you and I just know right. that, you know, we, let's compare Chevy, Ford, Ram. Right. 
to or Ram Cross CD, and, and CDJR. So we had the ability to look at what did the local Ford dealer do? What did the local CDJR, Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram dealership do compared to what we did? So as opposed to comparing that to what did, you know, I've got a Chevy dealer, GM dealer, and what did the Honda and Toyota dealer? Well, that's not really the same. Yeah, right? well, but even I think you can get a sense if you know, and not every dealership has this luxury, but if you know the details as to what the other brands did in your market. Maybe there's something going on. You know, I mean, I remember going to a dealership in uh, Peoria, Illinois. Yeah. Right? Well, you know, compared with Peoria is the big factory for um, Caterpillar. Okay. Well, Caterpillar had this massive layoff in right in Peoria, right? Right where the the main cat, I mean, when you fly into Peoria, the the... There's Caterpillar stuff all over the airport. They basically, they're the number one employer in that area. Okay. That city was going to be more impacted. Now, their region took into consideration dealerships that were not necessarily in Peoria specific. They were far enough away that they weren't impacted as much when Cat had their layoff. Right. Well, so when you look against all the other GM dealerships in your in your region, let's say, yeah, it, it may look like wow, you guys did horrible last month, but yeah, it yeah. what look, did you change? Right. Because, yeah. So I think those are are clarifying to you know what's going on, and that's ultimately what the numbers produce, right? Is information so we can make logical decisions as to are we failing? Is there some uh, secondary bit of information that we need to consider as to why our numbers look the way they do. I mean, what else is going on? Yeah, but you know, if you just look at one number, one KPI, our direct labor efficiencies, one hundred ten percent. What does that mean? Is that good or is that bad? Right. Okay, one hundred ten percent. Right. In terms of car sales, yeah. How many ups did this salesman take? Right. Well, you can't just tell whether a salesman's good or bad by how many ups did he take or how many cars did he sell. Right. You might have a rock star salesman that's selling nine because you've got him back here, you know, working in the BDC half the time, or because right. he's new, he's not taking as many ups, or right. well, you know, whatever. Right. Yeah. Whereas your guy that's selling fifteen or sixteen is he he could be improved oh yeah, yeah. Well, and i remember seeing those guys who you know the dealership considered them to be rock stars but then when we started drilling down saying well how many ups well his closing percentage was horrible <laughs> right, right? right. He, he was just churning through people you know <laughs> right. hey you ready to buy no hey how about you you over there come here yeah, yeah. so i remember uh, i remember we had a guy at a dealership you and i worked in uh i forget his name but uh he was like that. Yeah. You know, I was very, I latched on to every customer and worked them, you know, as far as I knew. Right. Worked them just. Love the one you with. Right. Top to bottom, front to back. I worked that deal every which way I could. Whereas this guy, he was a couple of months in the business, had come from another dealership. Right. And uh, he, this guy's catching eight, ten ups a day. Right. And I'm like, bro, you're killing everyone else's numbers right. because <laughs> they can't catch it up because you're, you know. Yeah. And now, I mean, you know, is it their fault that they're letting him do that? Right. Well, I remember him, you know, carding people, right? I mean, yeah. he'd go, hey, you guys with anybody? Well, here's my card. You know, let me know if you need anything. Go on to the next one. And then he'd see a salesperson walk over to that guy he had already handed a card. Hey, that's my guy. That's, I'm, I'm with him. Uh, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. The, but there was one incident where we're out there on the point, about six or seven of us. And this guy just yak, yak, yak in my ear. Yak, yak, yak. 
you know, hours upon hours upon days upon weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Finally, I had enough. I said, look, man, you're going to have to quit talking to me. <laughs> what do you mean? What are you, what are you talking about? What are, what are, I'm like, just stop. Just walk like 10 feet away and talk to somebody else because I can't stand it anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Finally, and he keeps on. Finally, I grab the guy by his collar and I'm like, look at me in the eyes. Stop talking to me. <laughs> it was, um, you know, that was one of the things you talked about for two weeks afterwards. Oh, yeah. I still run into people today. Hey, remember that one time you told that guy? Made that guy stop talking to you. <laughs> Uh, but yes, back to the data. Yeah. yeah. So one of the things that we talked about last time was um, to be thinking about what's going on in the business when you're looking at the data, right? So are we in the middle of a particular busy season? Are we, um, do we have a whole staff turnover recently? I mean, you have to be thinking about what's going on in the business when you're looking at the data. And so one, what I wanted to add to that is the number should always tell you something. It should confirm what you know. It should support any deviation from what you know. Like yeah. it didn't match up with my expectation, but I know why. And then the third thing is it should give you insights to figure out what you don't know. Yeah. What is that saying? That the things that get you in trouble are not what you know. It's it's what you know that you don't know. Something like yeah. that. I screw. I butchered it. Yeah. I, but it, it's not the things that you know that you need to worry about. It's the things that you know that aren't true. Exactly. Right. Yeah. 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 And so the number should, it should either confirm what you know. I know that I know, or it should confirm any deviation from what you know. I know it, but this is the reason why it's not what I expected. Right. Or it should go. I have no idea what happened. Let's dig in and figure it out. I think a lot of dealers and, and gyms go through that. Oh, right. you know, where they think, you know, why, why are our numbers down? Yeah. Well, they either think they know, or they you know, very few of them will will throw their hands up and say, "I don't know." Right. They'll have a hypothesis. Yes. Right. But uh, yeah, it, it's digging into the data to, with an open mind, to say, "Let's analyze this and figure out what's really going on." Yeah, and that that's one of the things I've said to dealers quite often in management teams, I say, you know, one thing dealership managers are very good at, right? They, I don't know if they just become that way because we're constantly looking at the numbers, yeah. but they're good at looking at an entire spreadsheet of numbers and just zeroing in on the one that's off. Wow, what happened there? Yeah. Right? I mean, you, you just like it's got a flashing light behind it. And it's because I think our propensity to go to the numbers, right? How are we doing comparative to you know, what I would expect and, and what I know to be uh, success in that area. Well, yeah. I, a lot of times, and I know, Kate, you probably feel this way too, is that's the beauty of kind of being a consultant or being um, looking at different businesses like mm -hmm. we all do, right. is you kind of get to see patterns and you can foretell the future, right. you know, a little bit and say, all right, I can see where this is heading right. and here's how to cut it off to correct this early. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't become a problem, but also, you know, we have the the ability to say, well, I've seen in other cases that this is what's going on. Right. I mean, most of the time, 
dealer may have spent most of his life at one dealership, right. but most of his management staff has seen other scenarios, been at other dealers. Yeah. But it is kind of hard to see the forest for the trees when you're in that situation, in that dealership, mm -hmm. day in and day out. Well, and I'm sure you've had it. I know I have many dealerships that I walk into. One of the very early questions is, hey, what are you seeing at other dealerships? Absolutely. Right? Hey, is everybody doing well right now? Is everybody doing poorly right now? I mean, they, they, they want that input from somebody who moves around yeah. and goes and sees a lot of the detail from other dealerships and want to know that comparison that we can bring that they're not necessarily going to see. Yeah, and it just, like, like Kate's saying, it either confirms, okay, I thought that we were below par or I thought we were above average. Right. It either confirms their initial assessment yeah. mm -hmm. or it sheds new light, you know, brings information to the table that they weren't aware of. Yeah, right. it was like June of this year, right? Everybody, oh, we had a record month last right. year. But when everybody had a record month last year, is your record month really that great? Yeah. Or is it just the trend for the market? You know, there were some consultants and some managers around there, uh, around the country saying, yep, that's that new policy that's I implemented. We yeah. Yep. We <laughs> I've been telling y'all for years we ought to do it this way. If we can just do what I'm telling you to do. We're going <laughs> to finally listen. And now look time. what happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. All right, what's so next? One of the other things that we, we talked about was, um, you know, when you check your baseline, last last time we talked about see where you are right now, that's kind of your baseline, and then make adjustments from there. I, I forgot to mention, so I wanted to make sure we did this time, is you don't have to be a finance expert in order to understand or develop an understanding of the numbers or to impact the numbers, which is more important, right? So... Um, I, I think one of the best ways, if you don't, if you don't feel comfortable with the data, start asking questions because that's how you learn. That's where the opportunity to learn comes from. And make small changes. You know, once you know where that baseline is, make small changes. Like I would say, change one thing this week and see how did your numbers change. Yeah. From that one change, and if it changed to the positive, do more of that. If it changed negatively, stop doing that and let's try something else. Yeah. Now you talk about trying to figure out what's going to work in an area right. you know, where maybe we're unsure. Right. But I mean, I know Ray, you and I going into dealerships, knowing the 18 month process that we're going to implement and we would take baby steps just like you're saying, you know, hey, we have all these KPIs from all these different roles. Mm -hmm. We're going to tweak one here and one there this month yeah. out of the 30 that we have we're going to tweak two of them and then next month we're going to discuss how that happened you know how that worked out right. if we need to work on those again we'll work on those again next month right. mm -hmm. but if that works out fine and according to plan then we'll move on to two more yeah. right. and we kind of I think you would agree that we we want to start with the low hanging fruit mm -hmm. what's going to be the easiest and have the most right. impact right now today Right, yeah. exactly. Well, and I think that's one of the things, you know, very first thing is we have to get a solid baseline, right? Yeah. I mean, you you need to know where you're performing at right now in order to have any kind of value from gaining this new data. If you don't know where you started, how do you know, right, that, you know, what the things are that are going to make that difference? And once you get that solid baseline, it's like... You know, I've said many times in dealerships, I know Lawson Owen, who we both used to work for, has said many times, changes in a, and I would suggest a business, but he would say in a dealership, it's not one big dial, right, that we try to turn up. 
it's 10 or 15 little dials. And once we've got that solid baseline, then we can see the impact of changing this one dial because everything else should hold true. And if we can make an impact in that one area, it should flush out to be an overall positive. Agree 100%. Yes, well said. Right. Good. So um, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about is with data, you know, I, I love the numbers. That's that's my world. That's where I live. And I could I could dive really deep into the numbers. And some people just don't have the aptitude for that. You know, or, or the, the the desire. Right. Yeah. Or the desire. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, let's face it. Some of these people in in the dealership are they're people people. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. They want to be out there coaching and leading and charging the hill. Right. And you know they hope that there's someone on their team that, that's looking at the data as well. Right. I mean, they, it makes a great team really. Yeah. You have somebody that's a people person and somebody that's a data person. Right. right. And that's really unstoppable. But yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead. But so I I. I wanted to say is um, with the data, you kind of have to think about it in the right perspective. You know, a KPI is like taking a pulse, right? It's going to get you enough information that you know if you're alive or not, right? You keep keep doing what you're doing, but to really understand, you you got to develop, um, especially if you, you're thinking about leadership, develop the skills to look at a deeper dive in the data. It's like the difference between taking somebody's pulse and doing a full physical with blood work. Yeah. Right? The deeper you dive, the better your understanding of the changes you can make to impact the numbers positively. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I think that can be role specific right. as to what level Absolutely. of data you need and what level of understanding of the data you need. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I and, don't expect a dealer principal to 100% of the time know you know, these 30 KPIs we're talking about, you know, right. all the KPIs in a service department and a BDC and a sales department and yeah. how are we doing digital retailing. Uh, but I expect him to be smart enough or her right. to be smart enough to hire people mm -hmm. that understand those data points. Oh, yeah. Right. But there are those those higher ups, you know, whether dealer principals or I mean, I can think of a, those unicorns, a, a CEO of a larger dealer group. I got a well, midsize, let's say, dealer group that every morning he has on his desk when he gets there with his first cup of coffee, all of the numbers from all of the dealerships that they own. Yeah. Right. And he's every day he's looking at what were their numbers from yesterday and he's doing those cross comparisons as to. You know, yeah, last what, year, last month, I mean, all those things. But the, I guess what I'm saying is the level of, of details in those numbers would vary according to the role. Right. You know, a BDC manager doesn't need to see all of the numbers that the dealerships are doing no. and what our sales are. You know, right. yeah. he needs to see what's going on in the BDC. In the, BDC right. yeah. the, the service manager, you know, by the same token. Mm -hmm. and, and at some point, you know, those get filtered up yeah. uh, to... I would say less and less detailed, yeah. you know, more and more categorized yeah. right. uh, as you go up the chain there. But yeah. yeah, I think at every level, what you're stating is correct is number one, we need a baseline, mm -hmm. you know, let, let's know where we are now, where we started. Then let's start tweaking little things right. and, and monitoring those as we're tweaking. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's a path to success. Right. Very smart. One of the things that you you thought we should add to the conversation is who's responsible 
for being accountable to the data. It was not just who's responsible for the accountability piece, but who is going to own the from the tracking to the accountability to mm -hmm. the performance issues and implementing change in order to impact those numbers positively right. that somebody's got to own it. It kind of goes back to what you were saying. If you're the BDC manager, then you need to own those numbers, right? You need mm -hmm. to be aware of them. No dealer principal or GM should be able to walk up to you and say, hey, man, what are your numbers? Everybody needs those critical numbers that they are responsible for. Mm -hmm. And we've, we've yeah. talked about that before in, you know, one of our main things when we go into a dealership is, all right, here's the baseline. Here's what you've done previously before right. we got engaged. Yeah. Here's our area of concern and what we're going to address. And then here are the tasks specific to those and who's going to own those tasks. Yeah. So, yeah, I think there has to be some accountability. Like you've said before, somebody needs to be able to be called into the conference room saying, all right, what's going on with this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, this is your baby. Yeah. Yeah. And they should have an answer. Absolutely. If they're giving the headlights going, uh, this is the first time here. Yeah, you're the wrong guy. <laughs> then we get back to our episodes on communication. <laughs> all right. Well, where are we at time-wise, Ray? Uh, 31 and a half. Well, why don't we cut... <clears throat> Cut it short here and look forward to a part three. Okay. Okay. How does that plan? Yeah. We can How does that, that plan work? Numbers are good. Yeah. We do plenty of deep dives into the more mentoring leadership components, but we certainly want to underscore that it's two parts of the scale, right? I mean, there's that mentorship, leading, managing people, and then there's the being true to the numbers both in capturing the numbers, managing to the numbers, and uh, responsibility to the numbers. Yeah, well, fact-based leadership. Let's call it that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I like that. It, it like takes that? The, the feeling component out of it. You know, we can, we can support down and challenge up in any business, especially because we have the data. You know, we, ha we have a fact-based, very objective way to support down and challenge up. Makes sense. Makes sense. Well, Kate, I want to thank you for joining Ray and thank I here you. in the studio. Always a pleasure. And yeah. maybe we could take a couple of these points uh, and do a deep dive on those sometime and kind of yeah. expand on those ideas. All right. Yeah. Um, all right. Thank you, everyone, for joining us again for another episode of Saturday Morning Sales Meeting. We do appreciate it. We hope you'll listen again. like to learn more about John and Ray, visit our website, SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com, where you can also listen to additional episodes or read articles we've written. Or email us directly, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. We'd love to hear show ideas, comments, feedback. What about dealers and sales managers, Ray? 
If you're a dealer or manager who would like more information on our sales training, BDC training, new hire training, or process evaluation and improvement, simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. And don't forget about the total dealership assessment, Ray. That's where we come in, evaluate the sales process, look at the lead flow. I mean, if you've got leads that you're not handling properly, we can help. And we can help both on the variable and fixed operation sides of the dealership. Right. And these are immediate action items that you can put in place tomorrow to sell more cars or write more ROs. Right. Simply email us, info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com. That's info at SaturdayMorningSalesMeeting.com.